Hello again, everyone. I'm Tim Muma. Thanks for checking out LJN Radio. On this edition of Management Decisions, we're taking a look at what could be seen as either reasonable or questionable actions that some people in management do take. Now, we're taking some stories and some complaints from individuals that we found online, via social media, and even from our personal experience in talking with people that just have these issues that pop up from time to time. And when we have controversial issues, the person we like to go to is Jim Weber. He's also known as Evil Skippy at Work. Uh, He really does not pull any punches, but he does have 25 years of experience as an employment lawyer and human resources manager, so he knows his stuff and he provides us some great examples as well. Jim, it's been far too long. Thanks a lot for coming back on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. I've missed you so very much. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm blushing. If only all the all the listeners could see right now. Well, we we do have some very, uh, I think, interesting topics and maybe controversial to some people. So I want to jump right into them. Okay. As a lot of people know who listen to the shows, you get people writing in uh, about different scenarios um, over here at the Local Job Network. We're always looking for you know interesting, kind of thought-provoking topics that come up. So we had some that we've seen popping out from some of the people that uh, that we've found, and I wanted to pick your brain with it. You're the expert. I want to let you roll with them and see where they're at. Sound good? Sound good. Pick away. All right. Well, the first one we've seen and heard about is, let's say uh, an employee is leaving from company A. They already know they're leaving, and they're going to go to company B. Their original employer, so at company A, they learn where this employee is going. And apparently, someone higher up in the organization and management actually calls that new company and starts to disparage that employee, even though they're already leaving, they already have that job there. It seems like a sabotage kind of thing. Where do we stand on that as far as legality, ethics, or just plain old why you should or shouldn't do that? Well, wow. First of all, that guy needs therapy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Unless there's some personal vendetta, like, like, you know, I don't know, maybe it's his ex-brother-in-law and he wants to get even, I don't know. But barring any (laughs) personal stuff like that, man, you know, this one is going to, I'm going to have to give you that horrible lawyer answer of it all depends. Oh, sure. Because, you know, there is, there's a very fine legal parameter where if you know somebody is a danger mm-hmm. and you know that the job they're going to, this danger is going to be there, some courts will say, no, you have a duty to warn that new employer and say, hey, look what you're getting into. Right. But there has to be some, I mean, it's a very narrow case. Most of the time, there is no obligation for a manager to track down the new employer and then call and start disparaging what it sounds like. It sounds like somebody who's got some kind of personal vendetta. The only way it would be illegal is if what they were sharing with the disparaging comments turned out to be untrue. Okay. And if it was untrue and it kept the person from getting the other job, that's a classic you know, defamation or slander case, depending on whether it was written or, or verbal. Sure. If they lie and it harms the person, that's just an out-and-out civil case, regardless of the employment scenario. In the employment arena, there's not a lot of restraints that say it's illegal to do that. Okay. It's just really... Well, it's a combination of mean and stupid. We need a new word for that. Maybe moopid. <laughs> moopid. That'd yeah, be the word. It's really moopid. <laughs> that could catch on. We'll, we'll see if yeah. that works. <laughs> yeah. I, let's copyright it right now. <laughs> well, it is, it is recorded. So we do have it on file as we speak right now. Let's say you are the person at company B. So you get this phone call and they're telling you all this, obviously, negative stuff in this case about the employee that you just hired and you're bringing on. 
I guess from your experience, what would your reaction be or what would your action be? Would you then talk to that employee about these things? I mean, where do you go from there if you're sort of, to me, in that uncomfortable position of, well, thanks, I think, for telling me all this stuff? Yeah, I think. Again, I'm going to have to refer to that narrow band. If it's, if it's a safety risk, like, you know, sure. let's say they're working for a nursing home and they're saying, hey, this person you hired has been assaulting the patients. That's a little different. But in most cases, it's not going to be something that direct, that kind of safety right. thing. But then when you're the new employer, you're doing background checks, you're trying to get information, this new person hasn't started yet, and now you get this anonymous report of something that might disqualify them from the job. If I'm that company, if I'm that person's boss who got the phone call, I'm going to expect them to do a little bit of minimal checking in, not to automatically host that person and say we're not hiring. Mm-hmm. But what I would do is I would I would call the person who applied for the job and say, I would, I would throw the other person under the bus <laughs> and I'd say, Hey, you know what? This manager you used to work with called and said this, what's going on with this? Cause I might get the backstory then about why is there this vendetta between them? And if I need to look at any kind of specifics of wrongdoing or, you know, bad behavior or right. inability, I can look into that. But I think I would start off by talking to the applicant and say, Hey, what's going on here? Again, unless there's some kind of safety risk or, you know, every case is going to be different, but that would be my general default. You know, what's going on here? And then do your regular reference check to make sure you're hiring the best person. You know, you got an anonymous report, that's information. It's not very credible at this point if it's anonymous. And if it's, you know, person's giving their name, it may not be credible because there may be a personal bias, but you should consider it. The last part of it then to me is uh, for the employee. So they're leaving company A, going to company B, maybe they haven't seen anything happen specifically to them, but there is this reputation. Uh, that's where these stories come from, obviously, that people write in about that. Well, I've heard that the company that I'm leaving, they will do this. Do you try to be proactive as that employee and let let your new employer know, hey, this might happen? Or does that come across as sort of defensive and then almost raises a bigger or brighter red flag? Oh, I would absolutely be candid about that if I was the applicant. And in fact, from a personal standpoint, I have done that. Hmm. I worked for a law firm once which shall be remain nameless. <laughs> and there was one partner there that was just mean. Bully, if you're that person's friend, they love you. But the moment you're not their friend, they hate you and they're going to try to, you know, scorched earth policy. Mm. And when I was looking at different firms to go to, I made a point when they made the offer to say, look, I know you're going to do a reference check. And let me tell you right now, I'm probably going to get trashed by this person. And here's why. And I told them right up front. And sure enough, when this other partner then said, oh, this person does this and that, they'd already heard it from me first. They had heard what the real story was. It didn't hurt me because they knew it before it wasn't a surprise. And so if I knew that my company had a tendency to try to sabotage people when they left, I wouldn't tell people during my first interview, that would look kind of weird. Sure. But when they made me an offer, we're going to start doing background checks. I would tell them that I've heard this is happening and I just want to let them know it might. Oh, I think good stuff. And uh, yeah, for some people, they might be surprised that this kind of stuff can happen. But, uh, you know, it does. Uh, people, again, write about it, talk about it, and you, you see it all over the place. So I think, again, some just some good takes on uh, really the three different angles you can have from that. And as you said, there are maybe certain situations where, um, you know, it is a little more difficult to decipher that legal side of things. But I think a, I think a good, again, a good combination of being able to talk about that subject as a whole. The second one that has come up a lot that we've seen more often is the idea of, okay, again, an employee's leaving a company, somebody at that company acts as a reference for them because obviously you want that. It may not be a manager, but just a peer or somebody they work with. Uh-huh. 
Company A finds out that this co-employee was uh, was acting as a reference, and they end up firing them. What uh, what's the I guess what's the look at that? What's the take on that? Wow. Well, it sounds like we have a really fun employer here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some employers, they just deserve to have bad things happen to them. This sounds like one of them. You know, this one, again, if that employer had a clear and direct policy that told people they could not give references for other people in the company and, mm-hmm. that they should, and they should direct any inquiry to, you know, management or to an HR person, if they had a clear policy about that and the employee in question violated that clear policy that they've been told about, the employer would have a right to discipline that person, but they would have to show that when they violated the conduct, it was done during the course of their job. Mm. And so if that person said, I want them to be my personal reference and not my professional reference, and they called them off duty and said, hey, how long have you known them? Are they a good person? Are they honest? In that scenario, I think they would have a harder time firing that employee. But if they had a clear policy, it's possible I understand why employers don't want people giving references because they don't want, you know, somebody who likes this person to say, yeah, they're great, but it turns out the person got fired and now they file the discrimination lawsuit Mm. and in the lawsuit they say, but wait, we called for a reference. They got a great reference. Well, yeah, you got a great reference by, you know, the lowest level employee who doesn't know anything. That's why they have this policy. So technically, if the policy is clear and they knew it, yeah, there could be discipline. I wouldn't terminate them unless it was something flagrant. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I think it's a better policy to contact HR and say, hey, I've got the reference. Let's give it out together and not be firing people because it sure makes you look like you're the czar of ancient Russia, <laughs> you know, imposing things on the serfs. I mean, that's what it sounds like. It's like, you talked, I'm going to behead you. Right, right. So if there is no formal policy to it, does that just make it, uh, I mean, as an employer, do you have to stay away from any kind of discipline? Because I mean, even if it is sort of this informal, unwritten rule, technically nothing illegal is happening, correct? Merely giving a reference on behalf of a coworker is not something most people would expect to be disciplined by. So if they don't have the policy, employees are free to give those references. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I'd say the other employer is probably going to, you know, why have a coworker give the reference? Maybe one of them, but I want to get people who aren't their buddies to give me a reference. But yeah. if that's who they want to talk to, it's legal to do that. Okay. No, I think that's fair. And I think, uh, you know, as we've talked, obviously, in numerous shows in the past, the idea of the policy. So if we're looking at it from the employer's point of view, of course, having that documented in writing is always going to help you out in the long run. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, if they made sure they were informed that references were given so they could track them, that might give them some of the control they want. But I think employers should avoid look, being so heavy handed that, you know, you, you do something that looks like it could be even a free speech issue. And then you fire people. It, it just makes you look bad, even though you may have a reason for doing what you did. Sure. A uh, third scenario that we have has to do with paid time off, so vacation or maybe sickness, uh, as well as the idea of compensation time. For some people who don't necessarily always get that, it might be where you work an extra couple hours on Monday because you needed to leave early a couple hours on Tuesday. So you're not you're not actually taking any time off. You're just sort of re-allotting where that time is going. Okay legally or ethically or however you want to go with this one, can employers be asking or requiring employees to give them a reason for these types of time off? Or do they should they do it for, you know, vacation but not comp time or vice versa? How does that all work? What's been your experience? And again, if there is any legal side to it, we'd love to hear that as well. The legal side is 
really going to be most important if you're dealing with people who are exempt from overtime. Okay. If they're exempt from overtime and you start asking for reasons why they're taking time off, you're going to mess up that overtime exemption and perhaps be on the hook for paying them for hours over 40 that you didn't used to have to pay them. Hmm. But beyond that and the legality of it, there are so many different types of time off, but it's if it's strictly the employer's benefit of giving this either PTO or flex time or whatever it is, it's going to depend on the terms of that employer's policy. If, if their flex time policy is written in such a way that it just says work when you want, but do 40 hours a week, just fit it in and get your job done, they're not going to have as much ability to insist on saying to one person, tell me why you need this time off. Although it's not prohibited, what they, what they would have to make sure they're not doing is discriminating among their employees by you know, asking certain people to explain why they're taking time off and not others. Okay. They're all entitled to that time. And if you focus on one person, unless you have a non-discriminatory reason for doing so, it could look like you're picking on them because of race or gender or whatnot. But if you have a broad flex time policy that basically says, take time whenever you want, well, that means you don't ask what it is. But legally, you still could. You're, you're violating your own policy. Sure. But it's not, it's not something that would be illegal to do. I think when employers are structuring these time off policies, they should always retain the right that if things are suspicious or if workloads are heavy or whatever reason might influence their ability to be as flexible as they have been, that they specifically say, we're going to reserve the right to ask at times because we can't always be so flexible. Sure. I mean, again, I think of it more as PR than ethics, that if the employer is giving these benefits, they shouldn't give them and then make it look like they're trying to keep people from taking them. You know, they shouldn't give them and then kind of wink and say, look, we offer all these benefits, but they're impossible to take because we always <laughs> ask you to explain it. Right. Use your common sense. If, if somebody's been taking time off over and over again and messing up workloads or deadlines, yeah, ask them what's going on. Ask them, you know, to plan a little bit better. But barring that, if it's a big, you know, a true flex time, you know, take time off when you want, asking for the reasons is not something that would normally be happening. Right. I think that employers should keep it that maybe not have so broad a policy so that they do retain that kind of ability to check up on what's going on because it's so easy to misuse that. Sure. If you have a bunch of grown-ups working for you who have a good sense of, <laughs> you know, a work ethic, yeah, that would work, but I haven't seen that workplace ever. There's always a nice percentage of, hey, what can I get for nothing? Give me that. Sure. Well, and you touched on part of what we've seen people complain about a little bit is the idea of, okay, offering, say, that unlimited flex time, so to speak. And as you said, maybe that's the issue is it shouldn't be so broad, but offering anything, I guess, anything as a benefit, you know, not looking at anything legally, but as you said, more of like a culture and, and just a way to, you know, have a positive vibe around the office, but offering something and then sort of reneging on it, or maybe they say it's unlimited, but they're actually tracking it somewhere. Yeah. I mean, what do you think kind of the impact of that is if, if employees find out that's what's really going on? Well, the, the impact is that the employee, I mean, employees talk to each other and the impact is employees are going to start viewing the overall company as a company that is not that fair, a company that is not really that good for them and a company that isn't, you know, that will throw them under the bus. Maybe it takes away the benefit of giving it. I, I mean, I have got a, a personal example, again, different law firm that I worked at, but still a law firm I worked at. I worked at a lot of them, couldn't hold a job, you know. Um, but it was back when, um, before, I was a, before I was a dad, but uh, we found out first baby's on the way. And at the, within a week after we found out that we were going to have 
our first kid, my law firm announced they were going to have a paternity leave program Hmm. so that guys could take some time off for either newly adopted or newborn kids. And I was thrilled because I love kids. And I was, you know, looking forward all my life to, you know, having that. And I thought, this is great. And I will confess, I was a little bit jealous saying, well, gosh, I'm going to be the dad. How come I don't get a few days off? (laughs) Um, I was thrilled. And so I applied for it. And the head of my office called me into his office and said, look, we know you want to make partners someday. And we know you want to keep getting good assignments. If you take this leave, it really is not going to send a good message to the partnership. Whoa. I, went, I know. <laughs> and I went, what, wait, what do you mean? And they said, you know, we're, we're offering it because we want to be, we want to be at the forefront, you know, and be more progressive and whatnot. But really, guys aren't taking this. And if you take this, it's just going to, it's going to make you look bad. Wow. And so I was, you know, I was a fairly new attorney, you know, about to have a baby. It's like, well, I don't want to get fired. I don't want to lose my job. Right. So I did what any normal person would do. And that's, I called in six several times and didn't take paternity leave. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty. Love yeah. the honesty. <laughs> I also took some vacation days. I didn't, I did, but I didn't take the paternity leave because sure. of what the head partner had told me, you know, and it was kind of a laugh because everybody talked to me, why didn't you take paternity leave? And at first I was quiet. And then I started telling, well, here's why. Right. And it, there was a lot of disgruntled people in the office of, wow, they're not really doing good stuff for us. And it, it had a ripple effect to people that had no need of paternity leave still bugged them too. And I think that's the type of thing where employers give benefits, but then start restricting them. Employees aren't stupid. They're going to think, you know what, you're trying to give lip service to being you know, a fair employer, but you're not. What else are you hiding if you're hiding this? Right, right. I guess along similar lines still with this, you mentioned, of course, you know, about asking about why you're kind of checking in why you need the time off. And obviously your reason there was very specific, but what if it is something that is medical related where the individual's, you know, not comfortable explaining exactly what it is, but they just want to give the reason for, you know, well, it's, it's something related, you know, medically or to my health. Is there a line there legally as far as privacy versus, you know, letting your employer know exactly what it is? Well, in those types of cases, typically, if they're going to be taking a, you know, a big chunk of time off, it may turn into an FMLA issue. And then the federal law is you know, pretty clear about employers can get information to verify the need for the leave. Then they can communicate, you know, get information from the doctors. And it's designed to protect some amount of privacy. I mean, they don't, they don't tell you, here's exactly why this person needs surgery. Here's mm-hmm. what we're taking out. And so they can try to protect part of that. But, you know, I can see where an employee might be embarrassed or sensitive about what they're doing, but it may be impossible to keep it a total secret from everyone if it's going to be for an FMLA approved type leave. If they're using a medical reason, but not taking FMLA or any of the statutory types of leaves, but they're using the employer's, you know, voluntary leave policy and it's medical related. Again, it's going to depend on what the employer's policy is, how much they have to tell. Okay. I would hope that most employers that if somebody says, I need surgery, their question would be, well, would your doctor please verify that you're having surgery, but not say, but tell me what the surgery is and what are they cutting open? <laughs> you know, I think that that should be sufficient for most people. Sure. And, and under FMLA, it's sufficient for most. The doctor just says, you know, they are unable to work for these days. They don't say, here's the condition. And in fact, under the ADA and a lot of federal and a lot of state laws, employers may not ask specific questions about somebody's medical condition. You know, they can say, how long do you need to have off? Are you going to be incapacitated? Are you going to be hospitalized? But they can't say, what have you got? How long have you had it? What do they have to do to you? I mean, they can't ask those kind of treatment <laughs> questions and stuff like that. Sure. I, it's what we want to know, but you can't ask. 
Right, right. No, and I, again, I appreciate it. And I, I always love that you were able to kind of bounce back and forth between the practical side of it and sort of the, you know, just the work culture to the legal side, because that does exist on all levels. And a lot of our listeners, I'm sure sometimes even ourselves, you know, we're not really sure where it falls in under. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned there, it can fall under different categories, depending on what exactly we're talking about. Jim, as always, totally appreciate it. I, again, I think you bring us some excellent insight uh, from the practical side as well as from the legal side, as I mentioned. And um, you definitely are honest and straightforward. <laughs> and that's what we're looking for. That is exactly what people need. So uh, obviously, we will look to have you on again. But thanks a lot for joining us on these topics today. Hey, as always, it's been my pleasure. Thanks, Tim. Unfortunately, that will wrap things up for us here on Management Decisions. Once again, I'd like to thank Jim Weber for joining us. You can read more about his work evilskippyatwork.com is where you can find his blunt, honest truth when it comes to a lot of these topics. And you can also find uh, his professional side of things, jimweber.net. That's W-E-B-B-E-R. If you'd like to get in touch with us about this show or any of our episodes, send us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com, or you can find us on Twitter at the LJN. Thanks once again for listening. I'm Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. (laughs) 